0: Did you know that olive oil is at its peak of flavor and nutrition right after it's fresh-pressed at harvest time? That's why my favorite olive oil is delivered to me direct from the latest harvest, thanks to the Fresh-Pressed Olive Oil Club. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and as a listener of Intelligent Medicine, you can try a bottle of their finest artisanal olive oil, normally $39, for just $1, with no obligation to buy anything else. I've been enjoying these harvest fresh olive oils for years— They are far and away the brightest, most lively, and flavorful olive oils I've ever tasted. Their antioxidants and polyphenols are off the charts because they're fresh from the harvest. They make store-bought olive oils taste dull and flat by comparison. Taste for yourself. Check out this generous trial offer and get your $39 bottle for a buck with no obligation to buy anything else. Visit MyFavoriteOliveOil.com. In my case, it truly is. MyFavoriteOliveOil.com. MyFavoriteOliveOil.com Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today we're going to talk about uh, some problems that afflict our young people. In unprecedented numbers, we're seeing uh, psychological and mental and behavioral disorders among our kids. It seems to be sort of a pandemic. And this comprises conditions like autism, attention deficit disorder, Tourette's disease, uh, bipolar disease, uh, adolescent depression, uh, panic attacks, uh, on and on it goes. Uh, It seems that uh, we're raising a generation of kids that are afflicted in an unprecedented way uh, with a wide variety of uh, mental, behavioral and psychological ailments. Well, today we're going to talk to uh, an expert. Uh, He's really been uh, a disease detective working with kids and adolescents, and he has a terrific new book, Brain Inflamed. Uncovering the Hidden Causes of Anxiety, Depression, and Other Mood Disorders in Adolescents and Teens. My guest is Dr. Kenneth Bach. He's a good colleague of mine. Uh, Just uh, welcome, Ken. It's a pleasure having you on the program. Uh, Just as an aside, uh, Ken was very uh, inspirational to me early in my career. Uh, When I met him at a conference, we were uh, on the speaker's platform at a small regional conference, And he started talking about stuff that I'd never heard of, things like chelation therapy. And then he turned me on to an organization called the American College for Advancement in Medicine. I think this must have been in the uh, 80s. And um, as a result, uh, I became involved with ACAM. I became its program director. I became its president. I learned a tremendous amount. It helped me launch a career in integrative medicine. So I owe a debt of gratitude to you, uh, Ken. Uh, as a colleague and as an inspiration thank you
1: oh, thanks ron that's uh, it's very touching and i remember it was in the it was in the early 80s it's amazing we go we go back that far for sure indeed
0: and you know we've been good colleagues uh in professional organizations uh ken has written healing the new childhood epidemics the road to immunity natural relief for your child's asthma and the germ survival guide uh and he has uh a world-renowned private practice, Bach Integrative Medicine, located in Red Hook, New, New York, in the beautiful Hudson Valley, uh, near uh, what, near Kinderhook, right? Well,
1: near Rhinebeck. Near Rhinebeck, right. yeah. Yeah, sort of Rhinebeck.
0: Yeah. Right. So uh, up there in the 518 uh, area code. And people uh, journey to him from uh, all over the state, all over the country, and in fact, all over the world uh, because of his reputation at solving a uh, very, very challenging Uh, childhood ailments. And uh, at a certain point in his career, uh, our careers diverged because uh, I focus on adult illness. My training is uh, in internal medicine, his training in family practice. Uh, And he became fascinated by the problems that we see in young kids, children and adolescents. And um, so uh, he wrote this book, Brain Inflamed, uh, why this title, why Brain Inflamed? Why is that so instrumental to what you find in kids?
1: Well, because I think the, the, the whole notion of the brain being inflamed uh, talks about uh, something, patho- not physiologic, but really pathophysiologic, that there's something going on in an organic way with the brain that can manifest with psychological and neuropsychiatric symptoms rather than just this concept of that all psychological symptoms are psychological. When indeed in the last decade, there's been uh, increasing amounts of research showing that Inflammation, as you've probably talked about many times in your show, is is one of the root causes of so much, so many of the chronic degenerative illnesses of our time, whether they be cardiac or neurological. But also in terms of children's neuropsychiatric issues, like mood disorders, like depression, anxiety, bipolar, etc., that actually inflammation of the brain, neuroinflammation. Uh, contributes to psychological symptoms, and that's why I figured brain inflamed. It's almost like you, the book that was written was "Brain on Fire" by that New York Post, I think, reporter who talked about her own schizophrenia. That turned out it was a, a NMDA receptor antibody issue or uh, autoimmunity. This is very similar to that, in in that it, but it encompasses much more than just that one entity. Um, and so I, I just I figured that uh, hopefully that would get people uh, the concept that. An inflamed brain, something actually wrong with the brain itself, can manifest not in physical symptoms necessarily, but in neuropsychiatric or psychological symptoms.
0: And the book reads a little bit like a detective novel because you have case studies of some very, very challenging cases with just kids suffering from devastating symptoms who were gradually nursed back to health and normalcy through uh, some very innovative things that you've done. So I, in your practice, you really uh, combine therapeutic boldness and creativity. Uh, you don't do uh, cookbook medicine. You don't go, okay, depression, Zoloft, Prozac, uh, anxiety, uh, you know, let's put them on, uh, you know, Advan, Xanax. Uh, it, it's not cookbook medicine. You really look for root causes, and you have to delve very deeply, right?
1: Oh, yeah. No, that's, that is... Uh you know, it's that whole concept of, of indiv- individualized medicine, really. And that's the only thing that really works for these kids. I mean, there are some people out there who have these, quote, protocols that they do the same with every child or patient. And they will score occasionally, so they will get a, a few, uh, they'll help some people. But the reality is if you really want to... Help the, the the vast majority of the people. Certainly, in, in my practice, because it seems to have migrated to just more and more complex illness these days. Ron, it just it's just crazy what I see in terms of the complexity and so many patients having seen multiple, multiple physicians and very you know they always say very good ones, you know, at the heads of medical centers and things like that. But it's really a matter of the paradigm and 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 how you look and how you listen. And um, if I didn't individualize my approach, I, I, I would definitely not be able to help the majority of the kids that I do help.
0: What's the scope of the problem? What are, what are the statistics on uh, uh, psychiatric, psychological, mental, and behavioral disorders among kids? It's pretty pretty alarming, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's 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 cr- it's really uh, staggering. I, I think one of the statistics is by the age of eighteen. Uh, approximately 50% of kids will uh, meet diagnostic criteria for at least one mental health disorder. That's pretty staggering. Hmm. You know, one out of three adolescents are diagnosed with anxiety. One out of three. I mean, you know, we were growing up; it wasn't the way. You know, it wasn't. It was not that way. And you know, ADHD is what it used to be. I and mean, one out of 11 now, I believe it may be one out of nine. I mean. You know, uh, autism spectrum disorders, maybe one out of forty six, you know two point two percent. I mean, these are numbers that you, you we never knew when we were growing up, you know, And so it's uh, there's a huge increase. I mean, there are probably many reasons for it. Certainly, it's not all genetics, as you know, genetics don't don't spark uh, those kind of uh, numbers, you know. So there's got to be some environmental factors, obviously, that contribute.
0: And, and what are some of those factors? Is it because uh, you know diet? I mean, we just uh, read a statistic where they surveyed uh, kids, and they found that uh, two thirds of their salary sa- of their of their uh, calories, not salaries, maybe they get an allowance, uh, two thirds of their calories uh, come from UPFs, ultra processed foods. Then they get antibiotics. Then uh, they're exposed to environmental chemicals. So there are innumerable factors that may compromise uh their brain health
1: totally i mean you know and the, and the thing is there are so many studies to prove this and i i do think that it's been somewhat uh, neglected or ignored or even opposed for many many years by uh by more conventional physicians and and many people but you know more and more over the years Uh, the studies bear it out, the Mediterranean type diet, you know, there is less anxiety and less depression when uh, people and kids and adolescents will eat a Mediterranean type diet which is, you know, it's good lean proteins uh, uh, good fats veggies, 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 they always say in that diet, there's also fruits some of the stricter diets uh, may not have fruits if you if you're really inflamed and need more of a modified ketogenic, but a generally healthy diet is that one without all the processed foods, certainly without the additives. I mean, its I'll never forget this. There was an article uh, in The Lancet, uh, you know, over 20, you know, I, I believe it was in the actual uh, 2000, and it was right around the time my book came out, my, uh, the other book, in 2007 from Wales, clearly showing two cohorts of kids, three-year-olds and eight- to nine-year-olds, that added food additives, colorings, flavorings, and preservative sodium benzoate contributed to ADHD in the kids. Mm-hmm. And this, is the Lancet, it was, uh, you know, obviously a very well-respected journal. And all the naysayers who would say that diet didn't mean anything, it's hard to refute a very good double-blind placebo-controlled study in the Lancet. Right. And I think from then on, we we have to be able to say, yes, at the very least I tell all these kids you gotta get off the, the what you call ultra processed foods, all the food additives, as the first step, even beyond some of the other diets that we do, like the Mediterranean type diets or gluten-free, dairy-free diets to quiet inflammation. But at least we can do some of those basic things, right? Get away from the processed foods.
0: Indeed. So uh, however, you know, it what complicates this is we're dealing with some very turbulent years. You know, preteens and adolescents uh, inherently suffer from angst. And it's made even worse by the circumstances of modern life and social media. And now we've got COVID and lockdown. Uh, So there is a lot to be anxious about. Uh, There's a lot to be lonely about, uh, precipitating depression. Uh, So how do you distinguish? I mean, you see it. Usually, it's not a hundred percent a biophysical cause. Uh, there may be circumstances. There may be parental separation. There may be you know anger and resentment at uh, siblings or bullying at school. Uh, how do you distinguish?
1: Well, firstly, you have to recognize uh, that from an integrative approach, that the psychosocial is a huge aspect. I think the point I wanted to make in the book is that the psychosocial. Uh, issues are there and they're very real and i think they are contributing to this rise you hit on some of them you know uh the, the the whole thing with the internet now and social media and fomo the fear of missing out and the ridicule that can come with some of these things and some embarrassing photos or you know um the bullying the cyber bullying uh, all that plays a role i mean the 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 pressure that, especially I talk about New York City, that, you know, I mean, I hear stories from parents who come up from New York, and you know, their kids are getting tutored for a preschool interview. This is, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm serious it, it's it is bizarre, yeah I mean, and I have this thing. Of how we grew up and i imagine mm-hmm. you had the same yeah well we were allowed to be kids we were allowed yeah. to screw off we you know, I, I, saw, up- I
0: saw i saw i went to a cream concert before the sats i mean i didn't think too much of it but you know yeah, yeah. Was a little <laughs> bleary-eyed uh, but i still managed to score high enough to get into college
1: <laughs> you have a brilliant minds, and no question but but the point being is that we we were able to play just play ball in the backyards and just hang out and play ring olivia right now every you know so many i can't say every but so many of the kids everything is geared to the resume everything Mm -hmm. is geared to you know if you are going to play sports you have to play very high level sports you have to be tutored in this you have to play piano all this stuff is good stuff but there's so little free time for these kids just to screw off and be kids and i worry that we're stealing childhoods that's one of the things that really concerns me and, and this leads into as they get older in adolescence and everything is always preparing for the next thing and the next thing. So there is the psychosocial. But the, the other point of that is that all this stress contributes to systemic inflammation and that includes brain inflammation. So there are studies to clearly show that. So this whole concept of inflammation is important because we have to recognize that even with all the stress and apart from all the other factors that that I talk about in that whole immune kettle that adds up to throw people over the top and into symptoms, is that uh, the psychosocial stress causes inflammation.
0: Right, so it can actually have an impact on uh, inflammation, right? Uh, There's something about the chemistry of an anxious state or a uh, isolated, uh, lonely, socially disconnected state that may cause a physical change in the body
1: totally so it's very much bi-directional i really mm-hmm. yep. really like that term because so much of what we do in our field and you and i share the same field of medicine is basically that you know we look at the gut brain immune connection which is so key and you know I, I talk about you know the first couple of chapters is on the immune system and the microbiome it's all about the bi-directional gut brain immune it's not just unidirectional very much bi-directional, very important concept, actually.
0: So when uh, some kids come to see you with parents in tow, uh, and by the way, this is, I think it, it's very challenging what you do because not only are you are treating a kid and you have to motivate a kid, sometimes a kid who's sitting there, uh, you know, with uh, earphones in and, nice. uh, you know, looking uh, in, in an opposite direction, totally tuning you out, but also you have to treat the parents, sometimes the grandparents. So it, it, it's very challenging work, and I commend you for it. What are some of the extraordinary tests that you might perform? You know, you know, we we're used to you know cholesterol, smac, CBC, you know, looking at the basic stuff. Uh, Where might you delve more deeply to gain insights into the cause of uh, a psychological or uh, mental disorder?
1: So, some of the the um, most important tests I do will look at a couple of key components. One is autoimmunity because. uh, that's very much a cause of inflammation because autoimmunity equates to inflammation, really. So, and a lot of these kids, or certainly a certain percentage of them, have infection-triggered, infection-triggered uh, brain inflammation and autoimmunity. So, you can actually look at anti antibodies. There are certain tests. One is called the Cunningham panel, which looks at, uh, at four different. Uh, antibodies to brain antigens and then also this enzyme called cam kinase 2 that are consistent with autoimmunity inflammation as an anti-gad 65 there's a whole mm-hmm. neuroimmune panel that the mayo clinic has uh which uh is extremely expensive like three thousand dollars and i certainly don't get in every patient but that will look at all these different antibodies to even many more antigens all these channels sodium channel calcium channels various receptors um and because if you see those are positive, they they can result in various types of psychiatric and neurological, you know, stiff person syndrome, ticks, you know, so, and, it, and, the, and the infections can range from, you know, strep and mycoplasma to various viruses to the tick-borne diseases, Lyme and Bartonella. So, so I would say the, the uh, autoimmunity, I look at this S100B protein, it's a, it, when that's elevated it's uh, very consistent with la- loss of integrity of the blood brain barrier which very much can be related to loss of integrity of the leaky gut. brain
0: it's sometimes referred yeah, to
1: it's actually right? leaky brain yeah yeah, exactly when i used to when i lectured sometimes i would say the phrase leaky gut leaky brain i'd have them repeat it leaky gut leaky <laughs> and you know and you know there was this i think there was a little skepticism years ago but now oh, i, I think yeah. more and more i you're hearing I have my my latest lectures are all about the blood-brain barrier because that's one of the things that's really important. You can actually uh, prevent some of the brain inflammation if you can actually tighten up and restore the integrity to the blood-brain barrier, which is one of the things I'm really interested
0: in. So so the implication is if you have a leaky brain, then uh, toxic byproducts of digestion, even uh, food antigens, uh, or uh, perhaps toxins from... Uh, pathogens can uh, not be kept out. They they actually may flood the brain and have a, a toxic effect.
1: That, but also it's the immune elements that shouldn't yeah. get in. You know, antibodies are very large, IgG antibodies, especially are very large molecules, they shouldn't get in. Mm-hmm. So if they get in and they attack neuronal antigens, that's one of the things that contributes, as well as this kind of influx of uh, inflammatory autoimmune T cells, like TH17 cells, those should be kept out. So when the, the, the brain loses its integrity, they all get in. So mm-hmm. it's not only the toxins, that's true, but it's also the
0: uh, immune the, components. Uh,
1: yeah. Immune components, yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, what about uh, the microbiome? How do you get a handle on, you know, if that's disrupted and if that a, plays a role?
1: Well, part of it is, is, is historic, of course, like a history, a history. When I say historic, I mean a history, really. You know, obviously the, the high sugar, high, uh, low, uh, you know, refined carb diets and lots of antibiotics obviously are going to suggest dysbiosis or, you know, an altered immune, uh, an altered flora. Uh, you know, we, we do do stools and look at it. I mean, there are various ways to do that, various ways that you're allowed to do in New York and various that you're not. Yeah there I, I think that's going to be more and re, more refined as we go forward and hopefully all of us in, in including here in New York will have access to some of the uh, because that's really where it's at you know in terms of beyond even the cultures which I still look at I look at the the, the byproducts and you can look at short chain fatty acids and cultures but also the you know metabolomics and uh, uh, eventually more and more uh you know, uh, ways beyond just culture, obviously. But a lot of it, for me, I look at that, but I really do have a sense of it, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I I would have to say that if I had to take the three supplements that I basically think just about everybody should be on, including the kids, is a good probiotic, as long as they tolerate it. There's a very small percentage of them don't tolerate, but almost everybody does. Uh, Vitamin D, which is really an immune modulator and can be anti-inflammatory, and, and and fish oils for most, uh, you know, with with some vitamin E, of course, to to protect oxidation. So, you know, if I had to say that we call, I had a, a patient of mine and a friend, Chris Carr, call that uh, we call it the Holy Trinity, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, and they're they're all anti-inflammatory, and 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 we are living in an inflamed society, as you know, we are. I mean, adults. Are, you know, you see people in New York City like road rage, and you know, and a traffic jam. You know, well, the kids. The kids also are inflamed. You know, we're seeing You're seeing these mood disorders, rage episodes. I mean, the stories that I hear. I mean, I talked to some today. Like always, it's like kid taking a hammer and threatening to to hit their mother or sibling or you know, harm. Them. It's it's just. It's so much more than it ever was. There's no question. Now, of course, I see it because I, I see a skewed population that brings kids to me from all over. But I, I, I think it's so more, much more than it ever was, really.
0: So how do you motivate kids and teenagers? I mean, say you get like a, a really uh, aggressive um, uh, child, you know, in your practice, you know, and, and you know, they're threatening to break things. Uh, you know, they're like, Little wild animals. How do you how do you handle that?
1: Well, firstly, I mean, I have to say, sometimes you need medications, Mm -hmm. and that's the things as
0: a temporizing of. uh, Yeah, totally.
1: I always say to parents who said, "I thought you were a natural doctor," and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, I basically say to them, you know, you we need to quiet this down because this this child can harm you and any somebody else in the family. And also themselves so medications are fine um, when you know what you're doing I know the medications obviously very well now I've worked with thousands of kids so um, so you you use the right medications the right doses and you also do it in the context of always looking for underlying contributing factors so I'm never just giving medications to quiet you know like as a band-aid And I think when parents can understand that, that's the first step. I mean, if it's really that severe, they need it. Mm -hmm. But then with the kids, that's the art of medicine. I have to say, one of my things I'm kind of most proud about is I've learned how to reach these kids. And so some of these kids who are really withdrawn, they don't pick up their head. uh, They clearly have their eye uh, contact. No eye contact. It works. I somehow can I try to figure out how you can reach them. I may mm-hmm. get down on my knees and look them right in the eye. I may, I, I bring up, uh, if I can just hear something that they like and I'll bring up <laughs> basketball and, and certain things that that may uh, hit them in terms of driving to the hole or going left or, or, you know, if it's soccer or, or if it's music, just trying to get down to earth, not be the uh, authoritarian position, but try to relate to them and 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 i tell you i have had success i let them know listen i'm on your side you know basically hey if you don't want to do this i can't force you to do it your parents can't force you i don't want you to waste your parents time and money and my time but i'm telling you i'm you know i try to get them say if i could do anything for you what would you like me to do what's the most painful thing in some way i'm trying to figure out what's the most painful thing for them and if i can get them to express that and i say well how about if i if if we we try to work together see if i can't make that less yeah and if they get that and they somehow really feel my sincerity which many of them do uh i I reach them it's very interesting to watch the transformation it doesn't happen always certainly the first visit but that's something that I feel is really important. You can't preach to these kids. You have to somehow reach them.
0: Right. You know, and I find that that's true, that in working with uh, uh, kids, which I used to do to a greater extent, now I mostly focus on adults and, you know, younger, uh, older adolescents. Uh, but in working with uh, young people, uh, even the most uh, withdrawn, uh, suspicious uh, young person, uh, they ultimately want to get better. And if they sense that there's a prospect for them to get better, they don't want to be stuck. They're suffering in the state that they're in, and uh, they can be motivated to make uh, extraordinary lifestyle changes uh, with diet, with sleep patterns, uh, you know, reducing their dependency on devices, uh, taking handfuls of supplements, uh, and so on, uh, in order to get well. So, you know, congratulations that you know you, you've taken on a very very challenging population. Uh, with some uh, very, very god-awful uh, conditions. But uh, you've, you've provided in the book Brain Inflamed, a roadmap uh, to relief from a wide variety of uh, conditions like anxiety, depression, and other mood disorders in adolescents and teens. The book is Brain Inflamed. Our guest, Dr. Kenneth Bach, will be right back with more of today's Intelligent Medicine podcast.